appreciate the song. Appreciate the prayers. And I appreciate the scripture reading on this morning. Now, this morning, the scripture reading was read unto you here from John chapter 12. Talking about Lazarus at the dinner that Martha hosted for Lazarus that's after he was risen from the dead. Uh, just you know, just like every time I come up here, I'm not going to keep you long. And I'm not going to cheat you either. Right, right. But I will do my very best to break this thing down for okay. So uh, typically when I come up here, um, oftentimes preaching from my weakness. Okay. Right. That's right. where I gain my inspiration. Man, so, man. Uh, I hope you got some band-aids because I got mine. All right. All right. I got my band-aids. Right. Now, uh, just as you all see, I'm one member short from my eight-man corner. Man. But uh, she's away to work this morning. But uh, just know, trust and believe, if she was here, she'd be the loudest one. Amen. Man. Man. But uh, so the scripture reading came from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. And uh, so this title is called Words Unspoken. Mm -hmm. right. Right. Words Unspoken. Right. So we started off in John 12, verse 10. But we're going to go things before that. Right. So we're going to take it back up to John 11. is what we're going to spend most of our time this morning. And uh, first I want to talk about sound. Right. You hear that? So sound, so sound is measured in the units called decibels, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, you have two different things. You have hearing and you have listening, okay? Hearing and you have listening. Mm -hmm. And how many of us know that the decibels of our lives will speak louder than the decibels of our voices? Mm -hmm. And we've all heard, and heard it before saying that people would like to see a sermon. Than hear one any day. So our lives will speak louder than our words will. And hearing is simply one of our five senses. Right? So you got taste, touch, smell, hearing, and what's the other? Sight. Y'all paying attention? Okay. So you got hearing, right? It's one of the five basic senses. And unless you are hearing impaired, hearing comes naturally. You don't have to work to hear. Right? It's just something that happens automatically. Uh -huh. You just hear it automatically, right? So it's something that can also happen in the unconscious or the subconscious. Uh -huh. So you can hear things in your sleep. Right? You can sleep, but you can hear stuff in your sleep, right? Uh -huh. Now, listening, on the other hand, takes effort, uh -huh. right? <laughs> listening takes effort. Uh -huh. And when you listen, you have to be intentional when you're listening. Okay. You're, you're, you're listening because you want to gain some understanding. Uh -huh. right? You're not listening to respond. You're not listening to uh, develop your rebuttal. Right? Uh -huh. You're listening to gain an understanding. So it takes con uh, concentration. right? Uh -huh. And it's your brain processing the sounds that it hears, the meanings of words that you're hearing, right? Right. the sentences that you're hearing. And it ultimately leads to learning and understanding. Right? If you don't think that there's a difference between listening and hearing, just get in a relationship. 
Get into a relationship, Amen. and you will soon find out, especially fellas, that there is a difference between hearing and listening. This is when I will hear a loud amen from over there. Right? So there's a difference between hearing and listening. Right? If you, as a guy, brothers, if you hear your spouse or your significant other tell you, you see that something is wrong, obviously something is wrong, yeah. you ask what's wrong. And the response that you're given is, nothing, I'm fine. Don't stop there. Mm -hmm. Don't just stop there. You got to listen, okay? It, it goes deeper than words. Yeah. Yeah. So when you hear, I'm fine, that's not, I'm fine. It, it's, it's more to it. You know what I mean? yeah. Will you take the time to dig a little deeper to find out exactly what it is? Right? So uh, another one, if you are at odds with your significant others, brothers, and <clears throat> she tells you, just go do what you want to do. Listen, do not, do not, do not go do what you want to do. That is not a hall pass to go do what you want to do. That's a threat, my friend. That's a threat. So, you go, <laughs> you go do what you want to do if you want to. It's going to be problems. But, if you just take it at surface level, you heard, go do what you want to do. You know what I mean? But are you really listening to what's being said? Yeah. You know what I'm are you really listening to what's being said? Um, ultimately, do you listen to understand? Or are you listening to formulate your argument? You know? So one thing that I've learned is silence can speak volumes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't always have to say something to say something, you understand what I'm saying? So uh, silence speaks bonds, and when you're in this conversation, there's a cadence, you know? yeah. there's a rhythm. You say something, I say something. Sometimes we say stuff together, but you say something, I say something. Sometimes, in conversation, it can be just that, just back and forth. You say something, I say something, and nothing is really being understood. You know, no one's really listening, we're just responding to whatever each other is saying, right? Mm -hmm. But silence, that silence, that some orators would say uh, a pregnant pause, if you will, that silence can give you time to reflect, uh -huh. yeah. can give you time to think, yeah. can give you time to digest exactly what was said, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if you spend your time just going back and forth, you never take that silence to really digest what was said, mm -hmm. you can overlook things and appear to be not listening, or choosing to not listen. Uh, one thing that we uh, talk about in, in John chapter 12, Lazarus, right? You never hear, at least Bible, uh, biblically, Lazarus saying anything, right? Silence cannot be quoted, okay? So silence cannot be quoted. You tell me something, I tell you something, we can quote each other all day. We can misquote each other. Yeah. but Silence, my friends, cannot be quoted, okay? Sometimes if people don't understand your silence, they may never understand your words, okay? So, try not to go too deep, but sometimes if people don't understand your silence, they may not understand your words. We all familiar with classical music like Mozart, right? Wolfgang Mozart, got the classical musician from the 1700s, right? He's 
quoted by saying the music is not in the notes themselves, but the silence in between. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to uh, impart to you guys is silence can speak volumes, okay? Mm -hmm. But let's go to John chapter 11, verse 1. Right. We're going to go to John chapter 11, begin at verse 1. It says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. Mm -hmm. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, talking about Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man, correction, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Mm -hmm. Now Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in place where he was. Mm -hmm. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea, right? And let us pause right there. We're going to pause right there. We heard that Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus that Lazarus is sick, right? Mm -hmm. And he sent it by a messenger, and the messenger said, Lord, behold, behold, whom you love is sick, right? He whom you love is sick. Mm -hmm. And Jesus' response is, this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God that, the, God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. In that, what was their intention of sending that messenger to, to Jesus? They were hoping to get their brother healed, right? Yeah. Yeah. right? So, so that, that's what we understand, right? They wanted to get their brother healed, so the messenger went to Jesus and said, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Mm -hmm. So they're understanding of Jesus' love is by his healing power. They observed him heal many people, mm -hmm. perform many miracles, right? And they say, no brainer, let's go tell Jesus that our brother is sick and we'll get him better, right? Mm -hmm. That was their understanding. That's how they measured his love, right? How do we measure our love from Jesus? Is it by his ability to heal our bodies when we're sick? Is it by his ability to heal our loved ones? Uh, is it by his ability to make our enemies our footstools? Right? Our question is also, if, if, if he did nothing else for us, but simply hang on the cross to die for our sins, mm -hmm. is that not enough love shown for us? Right? But some of us feel like that's not enough. Right? You got to go a little bit beyond that for us, Jesus. You know? Yeah, you did that for us. Thank you. But we need something else, you know what I mean? We still stand in need on this time side. You know? So we can use some healing. We can use some uh, enemies being on poor students, you know? So how is our love for Jesus measured, you know? It's something to think about, you know? When we think about this thing called love, it, it, yeah. it's not as simple as a two-way street, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not as simple as it, it being black and white. It's, it sometimes get gray in there, you yeah. know what I mean? But, what we see is always action, right? It's not just a word, it's just action. Yeah. Let us go back to the word. And uh, verse five says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days mm -hmm. in place where he was. Jesus knew he had a plan, mm -hmm. 
Right. He ultimately had a plan. So he stayed in place two more days. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going to go there again? Previously, the Jews tried to kill him. You know, they wanted to kill him because he's out there performing miracles and calling himself to be the son of God. And Jesus answered to them, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in a day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. Right. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Yeah. These things he said, and after that, he said to them, My friend Lazarus sleeps, but I may go, and I may wake him up. Yeah. Okay. So they're hearing one thing, but they're not listening. Right. Right? Right. They're hearing one thing, but they're not listening. Uh -huh. They're hearing our friend Lazarus sleeps, but that I may wake him up. And verse 12, it says, Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. They didn't catch that part. So Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He had to break it down Barney style. Mm -hmm. Lazarus, he is dead. And I'm glad for your sake that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with them. You know, when, when I first started preparing for this lesson, I, I, I literally chuckled at that part because we all know or have someone in our lives that is like Thomas. Right? All the disciples back it up, but they, 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 they knew the, Joe, the, the Jews were seeking to kill Jesus. Right? They knew he was seeking to kill Jesus. But Thomas, the one who actually said it out loud, you know, well, let us go so that we may die with him. You know what I mean? And to me, it, it reminded me of, of, of Cadence, you know, because even though she's young and small, but she says what people's thinking, you know? And it may not be the most opportune time, and it may not be the, <laughs> the best time, but, but she says exactly what you're thinking, you know what I mean? But you can't be mad at a six-year-old, you know? So uh, when I thought of that, I'm like, yo, we all have these people in our lives, you know? Thomas. People know him for being down and whatnot, but before he was down, he spoke up, you know, let us go with him, and mm -hmm. we may die with him. It's showing his faith that he's going to walk with Jesus no matter what. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so let us continue on. Uh, when Jesus came, he found out that he had already been in the tomb four days. Mm -hmm. Right? So Lazarus was in the tomb for four days already by the mm -hmm. time he got down there. And in the Jewish faith, they believe that a soul of a person hangs around the body for about three days, mm -hmm. right? It hangs around about three days following the death. And Jesus didn't make it to Mary and Martha until four days later, mm -hmm. you know? So Jesus wanted there to be no misunderstandings that he is who he says he is. Right. Yeah? He is that son of God. Yeah. Right? So Lazarus is dead for four days. Right. After death, immediately the body begins to decompo uh, decompose. Right? So decomposition begins immediately after death. When I thought of this, have you ever been driving down the road and you see a dead deer on the side of the road? Mm -hmm. yeah. And you drive by and the smell comes to your vents. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That smell never leaves you. Right? And then it also reminded me of a time when I was a police officer in DeKalb County. Right? Hot as it is, just like out here in the middle of summer. Mm -hmm. 
I went to a park. We had, I got a call of a uh, person down in the park, right? People outside barbecuing, people playing on swings, but every now and then when the wind blow, you'll get a whiff of something dead, you know, something decomposed. And uh, come to find out, it was a person, it was a body. And there's a roadway in the park and just inside the wood line on the left side of the road, there was a person that was shot in the back, laying face down on the ground, right? And mind you got bullet casings all over, all over the driveway, but when we got there, it had been about two days, and he was already smelling real bad, mm-hmm. you know? And um, maggots and stuff was all over his face, so he, he, he was decomposing in place, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's a smell that you'll never forget. It smells like a deer, but it just will never leave your nostrils, you know what I mean? And um, when, I, when I got there, obviously you know he's been there for at least 24, 36 hours, mm-hmm. right? But even in that short time span, he's already starting to decompose, mm-hmm. right? And now we got Jesus coming four days later, mm-hmm. right? So just imagine how bad Lazarus is smelling at that point. Yeah. Right? So what did the messenger uh, receive from Jesus? What did Jesus tell him? That the sickness would not end in death, right? But it would be for the glory of God. Yeah. The sickness would not end in death, but it will be for the glory of God. If Mary and Martha would have took the time to listen to what the messenger said to them, the sickness would not end in death, but it would be for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. They understood it to be one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But if they knew that the sickness would not end in death, Lazarus has died, then this obviously is not the end, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This obviously is not the end. So if they took the time to listen, they could have praised him in advance. Okay, they could have took the time to understand that even though my brother is dead physically, mm-hmm. Jesus said the sickness will not end in death. Right? The sickness will not end in death. But God is the only one who can determine what the end is. We are we already know him as the Alpha and the Omega, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. So they could have started praising him before they even went to the tomb. Mm-hmm. Right? So Lazarus being sick, that was Mary and Martha being hurt. They sent word to Jesus. They expected Jesus to perform a miracle to heal their brother. Then Lazarus dies. Now Mary and Martha are devastated. And then Jesus doesn't even come to them. He doesn't come to the funeral. He doesn't come to them until four days later after Lazarus has been buried. Now that hurt and that devastation is now turned into anger. Yeah. It's turned into anger towards Jesus. Yeah. Right? Because as we continue to read, if he hadn't been there, and yeah. died, maybe their brother would have never died. Yeah. You know? If yeah. Jesus would have been there, maybe their brother would have never died. And in true human nature, Mary and Martha in their hurt look for someone to blame for the death of their brother. Right? He, they look for someone to blame for the death of their brother. And if Jesus hadn't been there in their minds, maybe Lazarus wouldn't have died. You know? Because they attached their understanding of Jesus' love to his ability to heal people. Mm-hmm. Right? right? And the messenger said, the one whom you love is sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they assumed that since Jesus loved Lazarus, that he was just going to heal him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Right? But they didn't get that here. So when Jesus does not meet our expectations, what do we do? All right. Right? How do we respond when God does not meet our assumptions? Right? Because they're ultimately upset with Jesus because of unmet assumptions. They assumed that Jesus was going to heal them because he loved them. Right? But that didn't happen. So now their assumption is unmet. So now they grew angry. Now they're upset. So how do we, as Christians, deal with Jesus or God with our unmet assumptions? Right? Right. We assume, since we're Christians, since we went down to the water grave baptism, since we did everything that we're supposed to do, God still is not moving on our behalf. How do we react? Right? Do we stop talking to God? Do we give him that pregnant pause, that silence, that I'm just not going to pray to you no more? Right? Do we just think that us not praying to him is hurting him in some way? You know? Do we get rebellious and ultimately just stop coming to church? Just say, you know what? Forget it all. You know? I prayed. It didn't happen. Forget it. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to play this game. Mm. I'd rather be out there in the world doing my doing my thing. Mm. But this is the thing: no matter how angry or how upset we may get with God, we must not stop talking to Him. Amen. Amen. We need Him. He doesn't need us. Amen. Amen. We can't distance ourselves with God simply because we're upset. Just because He didn't move when we assumed that He should move, mm. or in the manner that we assumed that He should move. Right. So when we think about it, they really have no grounds for their anger or their frustration because it's a misunderstanding on their behalf. That's right. Right? That's it's right. a misunderstanding yeah. on their behalf. So now their unexpressed assumptions is manifesting itself into anger. Yeah. Right? So they sent word that he was sick, and that's like us sometimes. Lord, I got a light bill, dude. You know? I ain't got no money. Yeah. That's not a prayer request. <laughs> when you, what, what, what they did with, with Lazarus, they sent the messenger to tell Jesus that, hey, the one you love is sick. And Jesus told him, hey, it's not going to end in death. You know? That's not a prayer request. We, Jesus knows that. You know what I'm saying? He, yeah. we, we, we don't have to tell him anything. He's all-knowing, right? He's all-knowing. Amen. So, what? Why do we feel like we have to tell him stuff like that? Lord, I got a light bill, dude. Lord, these crazy kids of mine getting on my nerves, you know. Lord, my, my child whom I raised up in the church, they're going straight, you know. That's not a prayer request. We're not petitioning him for anything. We're just telling him what it is, you know. So is that like us sometimes? We don't, we don't pray to God. We just simply let him know what's going on as if he doesn't already know. Right. Do we find ourselves lacking on the prayer side and just... Let them know what's happening. You know, do we earnestly pray for what we need? You know, mm-hmm. do we earnestly pray that He gives us the strength to endure what we're going through? All right. Mm-hmm. Or do we just tell Him what's going on? Or yeah. I'm sick. I need some help. You know, but that wasn't a prayer request. So that scenario it, it, it begs me to ask the question again: How do we define? Jesus' love for us. Is it by him healing us? Is it by him saying yes to everything that we ask for? You know? Because sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, God knows what's best for us, right? He knows what's best for us. So we may ask for something, but that may not be what we need. 
Amen. And the prayer and, and the answer to that prayer may be no. You yeah. know? That's the answer to your prayer. So just because the answer is not yes does not mean that he did not answer your prayer. Amen. Right? So the answer can still be no. Man. Not right now. It could be yes. So if the answer is no, be okay with that. Just Man. trust and understand that there is a bigger purpose for you and that he has a better, a better understanding for your life than you do. Because we don't know what we need. That's right. we, we assume we do. That's right. But at the end of the day, God knows what's best for us. Man. And what we think we want, we may not even need. Amen. So let us continue on. And uh, we're going to go back to Lazarus. And verse number 17 in, in John chapter 11 says, So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard about Jesus coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting at the house. So, so Martha, she didn't even wait till Jesus got to the house. She went out there in the streets and met him. You know what I'm saying? Had you been here, you know, she wanted to give him a piece of her mind. So listen to this. Now Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Martha had an understanding that Jesus had a connection with God. You know what I'm saying? So her face was in the right place, but her anger was mispositioned, right? So she knew that Jesus was uh, the son of God, but her understanding was had he been there, she wouldn't have lost her brother. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. She's not hearing him, right? She's not listening. She's like, I know. Let me read it. Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That's not what Jesus is talking about, right? Jesus is talking about he's going to rise again soon. Maybe just give me some time, you know, but she's in her anger, right? She ain't trying to hear nothing that Jesus is saying, right? So Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. That's what Jesus is looking for from us, right? To acknowledge him, that he is the Christ, the Son of God. He's coming to this world, right? She has that understanding. She has that faith. We need that same faith. But we need that understanding as well. So, it says, uh, and when she had heard, no, when she had said these things, she went away, she went away to secretly call Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came out to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in place where Martha had met him. Yeah. So he still ain't made his, made his way inside the town yet. Oh. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Singing the same tomb Martha sang. Right? They both sing the same song. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, and groaned in the spirit, and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid her? So now Jesus wanted to know, where exactly have you laid her? They said to him, Lord, come and see. 
Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved them? They mocked him. See how he loved them? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? So the Jews, they were aware of Jesus' power, his authority, and his ability to heal the lame and the sick and the blind and all of this stuff. But now they mark him, mocking him because he didn't come uh, prevent Lazarus from dying. But that's not how he wanted to be glorified at the time, right? So now, Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and the stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him, who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time, there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Right? So we talk about that body decomposing, right? Mm -hmm. And now he's been sitting in this cave for four days. You know he's stinking. You know what I'm saying? You know he has a smell. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where it was, uh, where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, he began to pray. Father, I thank you that you have heard. I know that you have always heard. But because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had been dead came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let everything go. So let us dissect that a little bit. We already talked about the people, the Jews, being aware of Jesus' power and his authority, right? Mm -hmm. They mocked him by saying, could, this, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Mm -hmm. Then Martha felt it within herself that she needed to remind Jesus mm -hmm. that it's been four days since uh, Lazarus died, and now you're here. You know? mm -hmm. So let me, again, reiterate for you. It's been four days since my brother died, mm -hmm. and you want us to go to this tomb and roll the stone away. You know it stinks in here, you know? But she's not, she's, she still is not listening to what Jesus is saying. And so now Jesus got down on his knees and prayed to his father, right? Called Lazarus out by name, and Lazarus came out bound in his grave clothes. Now, just like Lazarus, we too, need people around us after we come out still bound in our grave clothes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right? We still need people to come and take our grave clothes off. Because yeah. just because we've been buried and resurrected in the water grave of baptism, we still have some stuff from our past that lingers with us. Right? Yeah. We just don't forget everything in our past just because we were baptized. Right? Oh, right. So we oh. need those people around us, the church, yeah. to help loose those bound yeah. Grave clothes from around us, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So now that's the church's role to remove those bound grave clothes off of those who come out of this watery grave, right? Because right. if we look back to verse, uh, where, where was it? It was where talking about his grave clothes are bound, and that's after they took the stone away. And Martha said to us, uh, He was dead for four days, and Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you? Lead, you will see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone 
and they saw he was lying. And in verse number 44, it said, And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot, uh -huh. with grave clothes. Uh -huh. His face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, talking to everybody around him, right? Loose him and let him go. Yeah. Loose him and let him go. So is, is that the same thing that we should be doing? Those who are coming out of this water grave, the new converts, right? The babes in Christ. Should we help them loose whatever is holding them uh, back, right? That daddy hurt, right? The mama hurt. The, the childhood trauma. The adulthood trauma, right? So all this stuff that's kept them bound mentally now. Uh -huh. You talk about mentally. You got to listen. You talk about mentally. All the stuff that's, that's kept them bound, should we, as members of the body, help them loose those grave, those grave clothes that kept them bound? Right? So, so that way so. they can go on and fulfill their destiny. Mm -hmm. right? But will many of us be able to handle that? Right. Because right? Mm -hmm. remember, this man has been dead for four years. So you know he has a stench. Mm -hmm. People who've been out there in the world for who knows how long, you know they have a past. Right. Right? So if we try to send someone to them as a person who's just been risen, as a new babe, as a new convert, whatever you want to call it, if we send someone to them who's not mature enough to handle the situation, could they do more harm than help? Right? So you got somebody who has a, 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 a what we would consider a messed up past, even though we all do, what we would consider a messed up past, you know, you've been locked up how many times? You've been doing what with who? Right. You know? So right. so now we're starting to judge this person, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we're not mature enough to unbound them with them grave clothes. Right? So now we send a text message to the sisters and send a text message to the brothers. Right. Let me tell you about such and such. You know? Right. Because you're not mature enough to handle unbounding them yeah. in their grave clothes. Yeah. Right? We know that it has a stench. Yeah. Right? We know that Lazarus has a stench. And he had to still be unbounded. We know that people, even though they come out of this Order of grave and baptism, they have a past. They still must be unbounded. Right? They still must be unbounded. So we can't send people who are not mature enough to handle the situation to do that kind of work. Yeah. Because like I said, they're gonna end up doing more harm than good. Right? So we need people who won't be judgmental. We need people who are not gonna judge a book by its cover as they remove these grave clothes. Right, right. People who can help us heal that hurt, that pain that they endured up until this time. Right? Yeah. People who are understanding, like genuinely understanding. Yeah. You know, people who are understanding with addictions, whether it be to substance or to things. You know, people who are understanding. Everyone is not equipped to handle the past of someone else who has been resurrected. Right. 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 Now. Following Lazarus' resurrection, the Jews plotted to have Jesus killed. Mm -hmm. right? They plotted to have Jesus killed. They knew that if he wasn't stopped, he would be a threat to their stance as religious leaders. So let us look at John towards the end of the chapter now. We're almost done. Like I said, I'm not going to hold you long. And it says, many of them, many of the Jews who had come out to marry, and had seen these things, Jesus did believe in them. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them things Jesus did. 
Then the chief priests and Pharisees gathered to a council and said, what shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. Yeah. So they thought Jesus was a threat to them personally. Right? And one of them, Caiaphas, being a high priest that year, said to them, do you know nothing at all? Listen to what Caiaphas said. Nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. That's like a double entendre right there. Caiaphas is thinking about himself and saving the Jewish people, right? But he doesn't understand that Jesus is going to do just that. Die, one man die, so that the entire nation does not perish, so that the entire world does not perish. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand that. Yeah. But that's what's being, being said. So now, this he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim. And uh, he remained there with his disciples. And the Passover of the Jews was near. And many went from the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then they sought Jesus and spoke among themselves as they stood in the temple. What do you think? That he would not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given command that if anyone knew where he was, mm-hmm. he should be reported that they may seize him. Mm. So they already plotted to kill him. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, mm. let us just think about that. Mm. Unmet expectations. Mm. Yeah. Unmet assumptions. Yeah. You talked about relationships earlier. That unmet expectation and unmet assumptions can cause us to have enmity with each other or attitudes with one another unnecessarily because we are expecting something even though we didn't open our mouths to say exactly what it was that we were expecting. All right. Right? Right. Mary and Martha was expecting a healing. They just sent word to Jesus that their brother is sick. Yeah. Unmet assumptions, right? Because they assumed that he was going to be healed. Unmet expectations, he wasn't healed. He ended up dying, Mm -hmm. right? So that expectation was unmet. That's like a lot of us in relationships, right? Right. Words unspoken. You assume just because you are a Christian and doing things the right way, supposedly, that the husband does this, the wife does that, and there's an understanding. Words are not spoken, Mm -hmm. right? So now you have an attitude because of unmet expectations, because you never said exactly what it is that you expected. Mm -hmm. So let's not be like Martha and Mary with the unmet expectations. If we have a prayer request from Jesus, acknowledge it in a prayer request. Let him know what it is. He already knows that. He already knows that. But that same Jesus, he wanted to show his love for Lazarus by allowing him to experience something before he even did, right? So Jesus was going to be buried, resurrected, and delivered, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus has performed many miracles before. Well, 
to it, particularly about raising people from the dead. Mm -hmm. You got the story of Jairus and his mm -hmm. daughter, mm -hmm. right? She died. Jesus said to Luther Kuhn, arise, right? And she was arose. She, she woke up. You got the story also in, in Luke where the widow, her son passed away mm -hmm. after, her father, after her husband, right? Jesus just touched the casket and he was risen from the dead. Those two incidents, the, the, the death was pretty recent, right? They wasn't buried yet, you know? So they never experienced that burial that Jesus did. You know, they never experienced that burial that Lazarus did. Lazarus died. He was buried. He began to decompose. And he was risen from the dead four days later. Jesus expressed his love by allowing Lazarus to experience something that only Jesus is going to experience, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus died, dead three days, right? Mm -hmm. And then risen from the dead. So that was Jesus' expression of his love. I'm going to allow you to experience something even before I do. Yeah. So that way, there's no misunderstanding that I am the Son of God, yeah. and also that I love you. Yeah. I'm giving this to you because I love you. Now, that was my introduction, and let's go to John 12. <laughs> but, the same Jesus that rose from the dead that was uh, that raised Lazarus from the dead he's the same one who wants to raise some of us, all of us mm -hmm. right yeah. we know that it's our duty to hear the word sure. and in us hearing we must believe what we and we also must confess that Jesus is the Son of God, just like Martha. Right? After that confession, then we must repent of our sins yeah. and then be baptized for the remission of our sins and then live faithfully after that yeah. until our arms lay folded and rest. Yeah. Once that's done, then we, who've already done that, those of us who are mature, can begin to unloose those bounded grave clothes off of whoever decides to take the Lord up on his invitation. Mm -hmm. Amen. And when we do that, like I said before, we have to have mature people, spiritually grounded people, yeah. non-judgmental people. Because you, know, you can send somebody out there just as quick as they came in. Yeah. And they're going to have an issue with the church. Not just you, but now it's the church you know, that they have an issue with. Yeah. Because those people over there are judgmental. Those yeah. people over there act like they high and mighty. Those people over there are uh, walking around with their nose in the air like, as if they don't have a past themselves. You know? mm -hmm. But let us not forget that before we went into this water, we too had a past. Yes, sir. You know? yes, and it took people that came to show love to yeah. unloose those grave clothes off of us as well, you know. So we must too return that same favor. You know? yeah. We must too grow in the Lord and grow in maturity and be able to do the same to those who come after us. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So that was my message, my lesson for today. I appreciate you all's attention. And remember, this is words unspoken. Let us not assume certain things 
simply because that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. If you have prayer requests, let us let that be known. Yeah. Not just, hey, I need this, I need that. Okay? Because at the end of the day, it's on us. Right? It's on Mary and Martha. They, they, they never asked Jesus to heal their brother. Amen. They never asked him. They just assumed that he would. Yeah. Simply because he can. Yeah. Let's not make assumptions of the church Amen. simply because it can. Yeah. Right? If you need help, let it be known. Amen. Make a prayer request. Right? But at the end of the day, let us know the difference between hearing and listening. Right? I know you all heard. It's yeah. my prayer that you all listen. Thank you.